0: Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I'm giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to begin slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. <laughs> Ending small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, and welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want you to know that today's show is all about developing the leadership and sales systems to scale your business. We're also going to be talking about wealth. What is it? How can you contain it, especially if you're a woman or a girl? And also, we want you to know that they're going to be sharing some great insights tonight. And if you've been thinking about these things, if you've been trying to figure out how to scale or what you needed to put in place so that you could scale your business, you're in the right place, if you're struggling with feast or famine sales in your business, we've got some great information for you tonight. The Small Biz Chat podcast is a peer-to-peer interview show where we get you invaluable information that you would otherwise have to pay big dollars for. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. Now, I'm really excited to talk to my next guest. Her name is Liz in. Liz is a national sales expert and the founder and CEO of Regarding Sales, LLC. Her firm focuses on building B2B sales operation systems that drive extraordinary growth. Liz uses strategic strategy and process to create a roadmap for success that focuses her clients on getting the results they need. For more information, head over to regarding sales.com. Liz, welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. Thanks, Melinda. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so happy to have you. You know, you are like a sales expert, sales expert. So I'm so excited to have you on the show tonight. So Tell me about like, what are the most common small business sales mistakes that you see? Like the ones that are like your top five. Like what, what, what is the stuff out here that you see constantly?
1: I think the first one is that people think, oh, I'm going to hire a salesperson and magic is going to happen. Like they're just going to start selling and and all my problems are going to be solved. And it's just not true. First of all, there are tons of different kinds of salespeople with different kinds of skills. And there's all these tools that they need. And, you know, Jeff was talking about vision and purpose and being part of something. And salespeople need all of that, too. So that's the first one. And I think the second one is, oh, if they made it at Google, or Apple, they can help me. And the fact of the matter is, if I've got a small business, I don't have the resources to support somebody who's used to working at Google. I need somebody who's scrappy and smart and creative and versatile and ready to jump in and do. I call them cowboys, right? So they can rope and ride and fix fences or cowgirls. Fix fences and do whatever needs to be done. And no one has to say, hey, there's a hole in the fence. (laughs) They they know what to do. And so that's we need people like that, not people who are used to having everything in place and ready and perfect. I think the other big mistake is that, okay, I'm going to hire a salesperson or a sales manager or even a CSO. And I don't have to worry about sales anymore. I am out of it. They're going to take care of it. And it's not true. You're never out of the sales process. If you're the CEO, you are, or the founder, you are part of the sales process, and you need to know when and how to be involved in it. So, and then the last thing, and this really ties into you know what I really do, which is people thinking I'm just going to add one more salesperson and add one more salesperson, but they don't put the infrastructure in place that supports that salesperson or all of those salespeople. So, what they have is chaos. And I hear sales, I hear company owners. It's one of my favorite words that they say to me is. I asked them what is sales like, and they're like, "It's chaotic. It's just chaos," and that's the result of adding without structure.
0: All right, so so let's get to this. So, what is a sales operation system like? What are the pieces that I need before I hire this hotshot salesperson? What what do I got to have in place, Liz? Yeah, well, you got to have a lot
1: of things in place. So, so part of it is what Jeff was talking about. So, we need. We need the strategies. We need business strategy that tells us where we're going and gives us those goals that we're going to hit and the vision. But we also need a sales strategy that says, just what you were talking about, Melinda, how do we get from where I am right now today to 5 million to 10 million to 30 million, or or maybe it's 500,000, then 600,000 and 700,000, whatever it is. You need a roadmap to get there. You don't just get there accidentally. You've got to map it out. Which products are we selling? And this goes, again, back to what Jeff was saying about, which are our most profitable products? Which one should we lead with? Who's going to sell what? What territories? What? All of the different things. So we need that. We need we need what I call, oh, and we need a lead generation strategy because people think that magically salespeople are going to close leads they don't have. It just doesn't (laughs) happen. We do not close leads we don't have. And the other thing is is what I call frameworks, and these are the, the kind of the rules and the You know, I I talk about a communication framework, for example, and this is who are all the people that are involved in the buying decision? What do I need to know about them? What are the rules about talking to different people? What, What do they need to know? How do they communicate? What do they care about? Where are they? So those kinds of frameworks and structures that explain what's going on and then systems, systems. We go through step one, then we go through step two, then we go through step three, and we put it in here and we dump it in there and we fold it over here. It's a a process, a system. And so those are the, the first things that we need. And I think the important thing to understand is that a sales operating system is not technology. Having a CRM does not solve your problem. Getting outreach And or gong, you know, these fancy tools and thinking that somehow magically they are going to solve everything is not going to happen. Technology doesn't solve the problem. Technology just supports the sales structures that you have in place.
0: You have said so much, Liz. I don't know where (laughs) to go, but but here's where I think I want to go. Tell me about the lead generation system, because I feel like as someone that coaches small business owners that are between, you know, 250,000 to like 5 million in revenue that like I, you know, that's pretty much where I live. Invariably there is a lead gen problem you know, because I feel like they, they have a lead gen problem, then they have sort of like a sales system problem, and then they have a follow-up problem. Because most of the time, I know small businesses that get calls, they don't return or get emails that go into a hole that nobody checks, you know, like all this kind of stuff that they are doing lead gen, but the lead gen's lost in the sauce. And, you know, so help me break it down to my little guy that's just like on constant contact, right? You know, they don't have a, they yes. you know, I don't know you. about email automation.
1: I don't know about
0: automation. Living, living world,
1: But no, so so here's the first thing: is we before we can create a lead generation strategy or process, first we have to know what our sales math is. So again, Jeff, you'll appreciate this. We have to understand how many leads do I actually need. So if it takes me ten leads to get one closed deal. I need to start doing the math. And if I need 50 closed deals, well, then how many leads do I need? And those are sales qualified leads, not marketing qualified leads. So how many marketing qualified leads do I need? So, you know, like it's this big, big thing to understand what's the math. So you can't have a lead gen process that's going to be successful until you understand what you're trying to generate and where, for which, again, which products, which industries, which people, who am I talking to? Now I can begin to understand what is my lead generation strategy need to be? And then what does the process need to be? And so in terms of what is a lead generation process, it starts in marketing. And so a lot of people think, oh, I'll just have sales generate all their own leads. Well, sure, but that's a lot of wasted time for sales to be generating all their own leads. Really, it's a lot cheaper to have marketing generate some leads. So we want some of the leads to come out of marketing. Now sales is gonna generate some leads, but those are gonna be from people they know from existing customers, referrals, all these places where we can make our time, you know spend our time really well. But what we want to start with is this is marketing. Marketing generates these leads using content and ads and emails and all of these things. And then we get a lead score in our system, even if it's something as simple as serving as a monkey. What is it? Mailchimp. Survey Monkey. <laughs> Mailchimp. Oh, okay. Even Mailchimp probably will give you some sort of a lead score. And then you need to figure out, okay, which ones are going to, are actually qualified enough to hand to my salesperson, because I do not want to waste their time calling people that don't care don't want to talk to them. So there's got to be a process. What's that turnover process? How do we how do we decide which ones get there and what information do we need to give them? And then then it's now in the sales funnel. So it's come out of the marketing funnel and funneled into the sales funnel. And so now I've got to Figure out from all those things that have been handed to me or that I'm thinking about, which ones am I going to try and qualify? And that means I'm reaching out more carefully to them trying to set appointments. And then from there, I this is the big thing. My job is to qualify out all of the junk that's in there. So I get on the phone with somebody, I talk to them and I qualify them. And if they aren't a good lead, I don't work with them. I focus my energy on the good leads. And then I take them through a process of, I call cultivating, handling objections, fixing the problems, learning about them. And then close is the process of getting them to sign and pay. And it is not closed until they signed and paid. So that is the process.
0: So it's not signing. It's signing and paying. That's what I heard you say. That is what I said. All that right. That is the truth. Okay. Now I'm going to take you back though, because you said something that made me stop dead in my tracks. You said there's a difference between a marketing qualified lead and a sales qualified lead. I'm going to need you to break that down for all of us, because I'm sure you just made some people's wig flip around with that. So tell <laughs> me. you probably did. And so- Tell me what? <laughs> <laughs> mine's sold down so mine can't go. but what I'm saying is I need you to tell me what is that for a small business what is that and and the you know the sales scoring and all that kind of stuff is there software that does that? do I got to develop a process to do a sales score like tell me what that is.
1: So so most even your most basic mail programs will say, oh, they they read this, they clicked on, you know, they did this, they did that, and it'll tell you. So you want to make sure everything's connected to your website and to your and to your mail program. And anybody who is helping you with your website can help you do that. It's it's not super complicated. But here's the big thing: just because somebody downloaded something does not make them a lead. That may be a marketing qualified lead. If they clicked, If they read 16 articles, I can go on a website and read 16 articles, but I'm not going to buy their product because I'm a sales consultant and I don't have a sales team of 30 or 50 or 150 people. I am not a qualified lead. And so the first thing is, okay, they interacted with me. Now I need to figure out who they are. Are they really? Do they fit my? And here's another word I'm going to throw out my ideal customer profile, meaning not just my target, but who do I really want to be selling to who's most likely to buy from me? Do they fit that? Have they really expressed interest? Do they, you know, I want to go through and and make some rules about, okay, these are ones that are worthy of the sales team pursuing or me, if I'm the one that's pursuing them. So I have an article. Here's an example. I have an article and hundreds of thousands of people have read it and about 10 people downloaded a day. And I go through and get rid of nine or 10 of them every single day because not just because they downloaded that does not make them a lead and it's not worth me pursuing. So that's the difference between a marketing qualified lead which is they did something, they clicked, they downloaded, and a sales qualified lead which is somebody that's worth me or my sales team pursuing, spending time on.
0: Got it. That now that was a gem because I don't know that I've ever heard that explained like that and that's really 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 helpful. So when you want to hire a salesperson. What should you do first when you make the decision, I'm ready to hire my first salesperson?
1: So the first thing is make sure that you understand the critical things about your company, like who's my ideal customer? What's my target audience? How am I different than my competitors? And what's my value proposition? Because if you throw your salesperson out into the middle of the river without those, they can't swim. So they've got to have those basic things. The next thing is, the more complex your sale is, the more people involved, the longer it takes, the more important it is to have a, a sales process. And so you need to map that out so that your salesperson can understand what it is that they're supposed to do. And then you need to decide. We talked about that whole from the beginning of the lead to the close which part of that is the salesperson responsible for? Do I have somebody who's in just do outbound calling? Is this person responsible just for closing business? Are they supposed to be growing my key accounts? Like what, what do I want this person to do? And then find a person that has that skill set? Because sales is not sales, is sales is sales, and anybody can sell anything anyway. And that's just not, that's not what it is.
0: I think that's very, very helpful. So should you divide up the sales roles? Like I know you said that the salesperson needs to know what part of it, but if you're a four person operation, Liz. Yeah. You can't do it. You got You're it. Yeah. You're it. You need to be need a cowboy to- or hire a cowboy.
1: That is the bottom line at that point. You need somebody who can do all of it, at least relatively well. And if, and sometimes it means you've got to bring other people in. So if you have somebody that's really good at everything, but maybe not great at closing, then bring the owner in and help with the clothes. Just because you're my salesperson doesn't mean you have to do the entire thing by yourself. If you're really lousy at outbound calling and you do everything else great, well, then let's get an intern in and have them do some outbound calls. But, but let's, not, you know, let's not get mad at a salesperson because they have this amazing skill set and they're not a skill set and they're not good at this one thing. Well, then don't have them do that thing. So use the resources that you have to the best capacity that you can use them. I think that's the bottom line. So understanding who your team is and what they're good at and, and using them the way they are they work best.
0: So do you think a salesperson is the first hire that most small business owners should make? No, I don't. I think you're your first salesperson.
1: I would rather have you hire people in operations, get somebody making sure the accounting is done properly. And you have to be your first salesperson. You have to really understand who you're selling to, what what their needs are, how to talk to them, how the process works before you send somebody out to do it. Because if you don't, one, you're not going to be able to coach and help them. And two, they're going to make something up. When you don't have an answer for something, they make it up. And it may be right
0: and it may be wrong. So I love it. I love it. All right. Thank you so much, Liz. When we come back, We are going to talk more about how to get your sales operation systems together. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady. You're watching the Chef Podcast, and we will be right back. I just finished presenting to over 2,000 small biz owners who jumped on my webinar on how to become your own boss in these uncertain times. I partner with top brands, including Verizon, American Express, and Chase to educate small business owners across the country. In today's webinar, I taught my six-step system to start a business. I also taught them how to establish a disaster-proof plan to turn their calling into income. We talked about how to find the people they want to serve online. I know how to help you make money as a boss. I spent the last 12 years compiling exactly what it takes to become your own boss. I even broke it down into a six-step system in my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss. Over 100,000 people in multiple languages around the world have this book. And due to the pandemic, I know people need help. If you're ready to transition successfully from being an employee to becoming your own boss, listen carefully. I'm giving away 1,000 copies of my book Become Your Own Boss for free. All you need to do is pay for shipping. That's right, I'm giving away 1,000 copies. This book is gonna show you how to become your own boss, create a pandemic-proof plan, and launch a successful business. Don't delay, this offer is only available while supplies last. Welcome back to the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Liz Hyman, and she is talking to us about getting your sales together. All right, Liz, talk to me about what your favorite tech tools are for salespeople, particularly if you're just like kind of getting started with building a sales organization.
1: So yeah, if you're a small business, one of the first things to consider investing in is a CRM, a customer relationship management tool. And here's the thing. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be expensive and it doesn't need to be complicated. What it needs to do is have a place for you and your salespeople to keep all of the information about the things you're trying to what you're trying to sell and who you're trying to sell it to. So you're not constantly searching for phone numbers and looking. Nobody else can help because it's in his or her desk or, you know, it's a place to to manage, organize, store the information and to help remind you what you need to do next so it's it's worth the investment and I, you know we can talk about that a little bit more later i think that when we think about sales tools we forget the telephone is a sales tool zoom is a sales tool email is a sales tool you know all of those things we need to be modern sellers we need to to be be able to function in a virtual world Regardless of what we sell and who we're selling it to, video is huge now. The impact that you can have sending a video as opposed to an email is amazing. So, so kind of thinking about what do I do every day and what what things would make it easier. There are all kinds of fancy tools like Outreach and Salesloft that automate everything for you. But you know, if you've got one or two or three or five salespeople and You know, you probably don't need all those fancy tools. You need a place to manage information. You need to know how to understand it. And you
0: need to be able to communicate with the people you're selling to. And I don't know that you need a whole lot more than that. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. So then how do you engage your entire team around the sales process because sales isn't supposed to just happen by the sales people, right? Everybody's involved in sales.
1: We do not put sales on an Island and wonder why they don't succeed. They need to be (laughs) the center of your business. And this is my thing is, you know, the heart in our body pumps the blood. You know, we have a soul, we have a brain, we have all these other things, but the the heart pumps the blood and your sales team plump pumps the lifeblood through your business. Because if there's no money, there's no business. So we have to understand, just like our heart is in the center of our bodies, our sales teams need to be in the center of our organization. So part of what we can do is when we set up the CRM, we can, one, make it sales centric so that the sales team wants to use it and it's easy for them. But two, it's also easy for everybody else in the organization to add information or to look up information. So they're not constantly harassing the sales team about stuff and the sales team you know, they can look and see what's going on. Oh, they haven't paid yet. They have paid, whatever. So I think that's really important. I think the other thing is, helping everybody understand. So the owner should be doing a funnel review with the individual salespeople so that they fully understand what's going on at every, you know, what's going on in prospecting. What's, what do we have that we're trying to qualify right now? What's going on with all of these, with this company, how many additional opportunities are there? So the owner is fully aware so that they can then in the regular meeting, in the monthly meeting, pull the critical highlights out of that information and share it with everybody. Hey, just want you to know, I know these guys haven't paid, but we've got six opportunities in the funnel for them. So we need to figure out how not to make them mad while we're asking them for money. <laughs> right. Or, you know, Hey, critical, critical information to share critical. critical information share, but by looking through the funnel and talking to my salespeople, I can gather enough information to share that with the team. So we tend to think that our team meetings are about production. And about new products, but what's going on in the sales world, everybody in the organization is part of the sales team. And if they don't understand what their role is in the sales process, we need to tell them if shipping doesn't ship all the work that salesperson did is gone. I I literally worked with a company one time that had a, they had a six month onboarding wait. And I'm like, okay, how can I sell something and then tell my customer they have to wait six months to be onboarded? Well, we're doing new product development, we don't have time to onboard customers, but don't sell it. You, know, like, you can't do that to your sales team and and so that those are the kinds of things that we can do that to make it the heart of the business
0: all right, last question, Liz, what is the best sales advice you have for a small business with five or less people <laughs>
1: The most important thing you can do is know what you want and be intentional about going to get it. So the biggest mistake we can make is to be reactive. Oh, I bumped into so-and-so. Oh, this came in on the internet. Oh, this phone call came in. That's reactive. What do you want? What are the leads you want? What are the goals you want to hit? Who are the people you want to talk to? And go do it. Be intentional about going after what you want. And when we don't as a sales sales as a company, when we allow our sales team to just be reactive, it takes us off track. You know, we end up selling the things that we don't want to be selling. We end up selling to companies that are really expensive and not profitable. We end up doing making new product, spending time solving problems when we really should be focused somewhere else. So first, we need to decide where do we want to go?
0: What do we who do we want to sell to and be very intentional about how we want to do that? Thank you so much for that helpful information, Liz. Now we have what we need to get our sales operation systems together. Good stuff, good stuff. Liz, what's your favorite podcast?
1: This is a hard question. I'm going to say the girls your mother warned you about. Have you listened to that one yet, Melinda? I haven't, tell me. <laughs> it's actually a business podcast and it's, all the guests are women and they're doing great things. And it's a, it's a really fun podcast because they hold nothing back. They're They're really fun.
0: Sounds like my kind of girls, bunch of Mustang Sallys. Love it, love it, love it. So, what is your favorite business app?
1: So, my new favorite business app is called Zoho, and I use it for everything. So it's cheating. I use it for everything from signing documents to making my website to my CRM to my bookkeeping. So that's my new favorite, exciting new toy.
0: So you are a Zoholic. I love it. I love it. All right, all right, Liz. What is your favorite book? All right. So (laughs) do I get two answers? So, of course, my favorite business book is the
1: one my father wrote. Isn't that what you wanted me to say, Melinda?
0: (laughs) That is what I thought you might say.
1: (laughs) So strategic selling is one of the best books ever written on sales. And truly, that's not just because my dad wrote it. People tell me that all the time that, you know, strategic selling changed their life. And so my other favorite, so without being, because my dad wrote it, is The E-Myth. And I think for any small business, The E-Myth is a great book by Michael Gerber.
0: That is an excellent book. And for the longest time, that was my favorite business book that I always would say. But my new favorite business book is Disrupt You by Jay Samet. And I love it because what he says is if you want to disrupt the world, start by disrupting yourself. Yes. So I love it. Listen, thank you guys so much for being my guest tonight on the Small Business Chat Podcast. And thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Business Chat Podcast. For more information about how to start and grow a successful small business, head over to succeedasyourownboss.com, or you can check out one of my brand new courses, on Small Biz Lady University. Thank you all. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. And I leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat podcast with Belinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, Visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.